Blog Talk Radio. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again We are exploding, the world is gonna know it We rock it like you're never gonna see us again Come on over Evening to you, everyone. It is 11 p.m. and Pure Gold is live on the air for this Tuesday night, May 6th, the day after Cinco de Mayo 2014. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything it tells it like it is. My name is Joe Vicino, and my tag team and partner and co-host who's looking for not one, but two, three interviews today, went on three different interviews, folks, is David Gomez. Sir, how are you? I'm doing fabulous, sir. I actually didn't go to the third interview, but that is neither here nor there. Um, just ready to get another exciting, action-packed episode of Pure Gold Live. Here we are live and underway. Folks, if you'd like to be a part of the show, as always, 714-364-4721. Check out our website, puregoldpg.com. JB. Thanks, Dave. And um, I don't think Dave would go on, you know, one, two, three, maybe four interviews in one day, and I wouldn't be going for a promotion tomorrow if we'd recognize that our show is definitely the best show out there. We're hoping to get picked up one of these days. It's a pipe dream, yes, I know, but, you know, you can't give up the dream, sir, and that is why we keep doing our show night in, week in, and week out. And it's important to note that tonight, you know, maybe Jen Lilly will be the person that gives us that big breakthrough. Who knows? But she'll be joining us tonight on the show. We'll be talking some wrestling, the fallout from Extreme Rules this past Sunday, talk about some Raw And if we have time, we'll get into some sports. The NFL draft is actually um, about a day away, so we'll uh, break down the Jets and Giants if we can. And um, any other nuggets that you might have, sir? So what is on tap besides the the things I mentioned? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I see you had to backtrack there. Uh, Yeah, I'm doing great. I mean, like I said, always excited to get another year's old episode underway. Of course, it's a live exclusive. I'm not looking forward to it. That's neither here nor there. Um, you know, Jen hasn't been on in a while, so it'll be exciting to talk to her and to talk to her fans. I mean, I mentioned this to you in our uh, pre-show production meeting. But, man, we got a lot of retweets on this episode, and you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of buzz surrounding PG because uh, you know Jen Lilly apparently is so amazingly popular, which of course I can see why because she's so. So tell me how um, just how you went about getting Jen Lilly back on the show. Did she tweet you first, and then did you make contact with her? Did you reach out first? How did it go about? I, I always, you know, I reach out, see how she's doing, see what she's up to, you know, make sure everything's okay. Um, you know, just to kind of touch base with people. I do that with, with a lot of our past guests. Um, Twitter is usually the easiest because, um, you know, someone like Jen who's on there a lot and she tweets her fans and stuff, and she usually gets back to me, um, you know, eventually, which is great. They do with Morgan, who was on a couple of weeks ago, you know. Um, I like to just keep tabs on them, see how they're doing, try to get them on. And I've been trying to get Jen on for a while, and we haven't been able to because she has an amazingly busy schedule with the movies and, of course, stuff that we're going to get into. But she does come on this program. But she's doing so much. You know, last time she was on the air, she was on uh, one soap opera, and now she's actually on a different soap opera. I mean, you know, so she's she's made a bunch of movies, and, you know, she's done, she's done quite a few interesting things. And um, there's actually something that I'm sure we'll talk about, but, uh, you know, you'll bring it up later. 
something she's done, which uh, which is interesting. But um, you know, I'm I'm excited as always. You know, I just can't wait to get her on the air. Oh, great. Um, so generally we'll be on the show tonight, and um, hopefully we'll be talking about. I guess the Dark Knight retires. That's pretty pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I have that yeah. in my production you notes. Mention that, but of, of course, you wouldn't mention it now. I mean, of course, we're obviously going to touch on Extreme Rules, you know, maybe for five minutes at the end of the show. Um, we have to also have to touch on something. And, you know, since Jen's not on, let's, let's touch on this first. Sir, yeah. did you happen to watch the trailer for the new show coming out on Fox this fall, Gotham? Gotham. I mean, I have not seen that. I'm I'm sorry that I haven't done my homework, but I've been preparing professionally for a uh, new position. But uh, Gotham, it, it I mean, it sounds like it's a Batman movie. Is it about Bruce Wayne? Uh, give us a little uh, sneak peek. Well, it's actually about Bruce Wayne as a child, which I don't even know. I don't even know why they think this is a good idea. But um, the trailer was pretty good. Um, let me see if I can actually find that for you so that you can see it. I just don't know. You know, honestly, I don't know what the point of the show is. I don't know why they're going there. I don't know why, you know, at least, at the very least, with uh, Smallville, you know, you're talking about a show that was about Clark Kent, be Frank and Superman, that's fine. But this show, uh, I just sent you the link, sir. This show is about Bruce Wayne when he's a little kid, and they've already got on record to say that he's not going to become Batman until the final episode. Why would anybody care about Gotham City before Batman? Why would anybody be interested in, in, you know, before Batman, before the Riddler, before whatever? And the thing is, they're going to have characters from the show, uh, sorry, from the comic book on there. They're going to have, like, Selena Kyle before she was um, Catwoman. They're Catwoman? Gonna have Penguin mm-hmm. before he's Penguin. They're going to have Edward Nigma before he became the Riddler. And this is all fine and dandy, but the way they've aged it out, Bruce Wayne is going to be a lot younger than all of them, even than Selena, which makes no sense. And... You know, Bruce, his parents get murdered. I mean, how many times can you tell the same story? You already did it again in Batman Begins. You did it in the original Batman in 89. Why continue to rehash these stories? Yeah, Jim Gordon is an interesting character, but ultimately nobody cares about Gotham without without Bruce, without Batman himself. And I understand this, you know, Gotham City Police Department is a comic book. The panel is pretty good. But at the end of the day, it doesn't make sense. Plus, it's on Fox, and, and Fox has the history of canceling every show. I mean, shows go on Fox to die pretty much, so other than 24, which just came back uh, uh, last night. But I don't understand the point of putting it on Fox and not in the CW, because, again, Fox has this history of just canceling programs after one season. Yeah, I mean, well... You tell me, what's the appeal of this show? I mean, are people that interested in finding out what Edward Nygma was doing before he became the Riddler? I can't imagine. I think what they're doing in Fox is... is, uh, you know, famous for doing this is trying to appeal to a um, a current trend. So right now, you know, we're talking about Captain America, Spider-Man's out, um, Smallville, you know, made a good run on the CW11. So I, I really think that what they're trying to do is try to take and draw, um, you know, basically and make sure that they they get their niche in the business and they, they decide to, to use Batman and go and do an Origins on, on Bruce Wayne, which I agree with you. It makes no sense. You know, I understand Clark Kent and Smallville understanding why he became Superman, how he became Superman, all those powers he got when he was a kid. But you're right. Who wants a, a drawn-out series of Bruce Wayne leading up to Batman? To me, um, I think they're just trying to copy, copy 
what Smallville did and hopefully get their kind of ratings the first couple of years, not those last couple of years, but they're hoping to capitalize on that. Listen, if they were copying Smallville, I would have no problem with it, only because, you know, again, Smallville was on the air for too long, but at least Clark had powers at the beginning of the show, and, you know, he, he gradually developed them, but he was Clark Kent as the main character. This is Bruce Wayne as a kid. Bruce couldn't even possibly be Batman for eight to ten years into the show, and there's no way it's going that long. So, again, what's the point? I mean, if it was Bruce fighting crime, if it was Bruce dressed up as someone who's not Batman, but like a precursor to Batman, if it was Bruce training, all right, maybe that's interesting. But Bruce is like eight years old in the show. So, again, there's no way, until you hit the ten-year mark, there's not even a chance that he could be Batman in any way, shape, or form. And I think even 18 is probably too young for him to be Batman. So, you know, you're not going to have Nightwing, you're not going to have Batgirl, you're not going to have Robin, you're not going to have any of the great Batman characters, just the villains before they become villains. All right, so they're running roughshod on Gotham, but there's nobody to stop them. And ultimately, it's just going to highlight the ineffectiveness of Jim Gordon and the Gotham Police Department. So what's the point? You know, um, I just don't get it. And again, this show, there's no way it's going to go more than a season or two. And it just kind of irks me that that's what they're doing. Look, folks, if you want to watch Batman, watch Arrow. I know that that sounds ridiculous, but that show is amazing. You know, the series finale, the season finale is coming up next week. Tomorrow's the you know, penultimate episode. It's been amazing. It's just twists and turns and everything. It's just gotten to the point where it's just... The show is off the wall. Again, it, it's ten times better in season two than Smallville ever was at its best. And that is for someone who spit on this show, who thought this was going to be a terrible idea, who, you know, ragged on Arrow and thought it was going to be bad. I have eaten plenty of crow. This show is amazing from top to bottom, foot to post, a real slaughter knocker of a show. But it's basically Batman. I mean, they've got the League of Assassins. They've got the Al Ghouls. They've got this. They've got that. Ra's Al Ghul has been mentioned, or Raz Al Ghul, whatever you want to call him. Deathstroke is in there, a lot of other Batman villains, Clock King, I mean, you name it, it's on Arrow. And if you, again, if you want to watch Batman, watch Arrow, because that's basically what this show is. Um, and it just keeps getting better and better, you know. Again, yes, you can have high hopes for Gotham, but it's going to be terrible. I keep saying they should do a, a show called Bloodhaven and focus on uh, Dick Grayson and, you know, don't even have to have Batman in it, but, I mean, come on, do something better than Gotham. The trailer looks great, but the show's going to suck. The whole idea of the show is going to be terrible, and that's a matter of fact, sir. There's no way the <laughs> show will be any good. Could it be, could it be and um, the reason why Fox decided to do this now is because, you know, we have a year between now and the next Superman movie, which will feature Batman, unfortunately, being Ben Affleck. But uh, do you think that they're trying to capitalize just on all, all the hype in, in that regard? I mean, I suppose so. But at the end of the day, you know, when you look at... All right, these shows, these movies have been planned for years, and this, this Gotham pilot isn't something like that just happened, you know, just, just threw it together. I mean, it's just... I don't know, I just think it's a bad idea. I know that they're talking about Justice League movies going to come out in 2017. I think Superman Batman's going to be terrible. I'm not looking forward to that one bit. Spider-Man just came out. I could care less about Spider-Man right now. I don't even... I'm not even remotely interested in it. It's gotten horrific reviews. Um, but I, I just don't think DC knows what the hell they're doing. Other than Arrow, I don't think DC's got a clue, to be honest with you. When you, when you talk about Spider-Man and the new movie that came out last week on Spider-Man, the reboot, um, what happens if this, um, you know, this movie that's not getting good reviews is not getting good buys, um, what's going to happen with that franchise at this point? You think that you shut it down and that's the end of the, super, uh, the Spider-Man f series for a long, no, long, long no. time? It, it's, no. made, it's made a ton of money. It made like $91 million in its first, you know, weekend, so it's going to be around for a part three, and I've, I've actually heard that they're looking at four, 
Um, but the, the reviews, again, have been pretty negative all across. On, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 55% score, which is horrible. I mean, if I look, I'm actually going to get, get our little monkeys here to do, to do a little research um, to see... Spider-Man 3, right, was a terrible movie by all, you know, all accounts. It just did not get the job done. I'm going to see what rating that movie... I mean, even Spider-Man 3 got a better, and this terrible movie, better rating than, uh, than Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. So, you know, that goes to show you if this movie's as bad as people seem to think it is, I mean, you know, it just baffles me that this is where we're at, sir. Honestly, it baffles me that this is what's going on. I mean, just everything is... is Superhero movie after superhero movie, and yes, Captain America raised the bar, but I mean these other movies are gonna are gonna lower the standard. Again, with Batman uh, and Superman, you've already crammed in Batman. You got Superman. You got Nightwing. You got um, the rumors about the Flash. You got Wonder Woman confirmed. At least you know her human counterpart, uh, Alter Ego, whatever you wanna call it. And then now Cyborg is also gonna be in this movie. It's just it's getting to be too much. They're they're literally gonna fit the whole Justice League into this film, and, and I don't know why. I, I don't know what's the point. I mean. You know, again, you're, you're change, it's bad enough that you're changing Batman, the actor, but then you're going to bring in, like, nine other actors to film these roles that, for the most part, haven't been seen on TV. So, uh, I'm sorry, on the big screen? So, I just, I don't get it, to be honest with you. I don't get what they're thinking and what they're doing. Do you think um, Fox dropped the ball, and instead of using uh, Bruce Wayne origin, they could have done a Spider-Man origin and done a whole series on that? Or do you think there's not enough content for a Spider-Man series Pre, um, pre-origin. There is, but the problem is that the, the movies, this new reboot of Spider-Man is basically another Spider-Man origin. So you can't do that again, um, not on the small screen at the same time it's coming out on the big screen. I just think that they dropped the ball again. This could have been, call it Bloodhaven, call it, you know, that, it makes it great to the main character. I've talked about this ad nauseum, but make him the main character. He's acrobatic. You know, get a good young actor to play him, a guy who has martial arts background. And, you know, he could go, he could be a cop by day, so you've got the cop aspect of the show, for, for, uh, police crime procedural, plus you've got the superhero aspect of it. I mean, it would just be a slam dunk, you know, ratings uh, bonanza. Probably do better than Arrow, because Dick Grayson actually is a more interesting character than Oliver Queen. And you could still have all the Batman tie-ins. You could have a Batgirl guest appearance. You could have a Jim Gordon guest appearance. You could have a Robin guest appearance. You could have, you know, Bruce Wayne or, you know, Lucius Fox or whatever. So many, or Alfred, so many characters you can tie into that, but instead, again, going back to this, you got this turd of a show in Gotham that, yeah, people, some people may be excited for it. The only person, the only people excited for this are people who are not fans of uh, Batman, like legit Batman fans, because if they were, it, they wouldn't be excited for this crap. No, I, I mean, I hear you. Uh, I just, you know, Fox to me is a station, and you say that Fox um, cancels more shows than anything. I feel like NBC does a a much worse job than can- canceling their yeah. shows that don't last. NBC cancels shows that you actually like. So, yeah, you... Yeah, like Knight Rider. Exactly. <laughs> if you look at the history of Fox, I mean, they just canceled Almost Human, which, you know, from what I've heard, critically acclaimed, that show got hosed after a season. And, you know, any show, let's look at Fox, other than 24, which, again, just premiered again last night, 12 episodes. Now, I was a huge fan of 24. Uh, my wife is pretty much forbidding me from watching it, so, you know, I have to find my way around that. Um, but at the end of the day, 24 was a show based on 24-hour-long episodes, which is a ridiculous concept. Of, but it was in real time, which is cool. But again, ridiculous. This guy doesn't eat, sleep, take a dump, do nothing in a 24-hour period, just like run after bad guys. But this new version of uh, 24 is 12 episodes, so it's not uh, the same thing. So it doesn't even make sense. 
it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like doing a Fantastic Four movie that has two characters, and you know, it just doesn't make sense. But um, I didn't watch the first two episodes. You know, I did not get a chance to do that, but I guess I'll have to wait and see what happens and what the deals with that. So, you know, but I just thought I'd throw the Twenty Four reference out there, sir. When is Gotham premiering? Is it like this fall, September? I believe it's in the fall, yeah. Jeez, I mean, if anything, I would test uh, Gotham out during the summer season. Um, uh, to, to put it out in the fall is putting a lot of pressure on those writers and those uh, producers, I would think. Yeah, you're right about that, sir. You're definitely putting a lot of uh, a lot of pressure, but, I mean, when, when else can you premiere it, honestly? <laughs> I mean, like, they do have summer series throughout the, the you know, July and August months, so... Uh, Test it out there. If the, the the ratings are decent, then maybe you, you carry it on through September. But to put it on September, again, a lot of pressure to put it on against shows that really do great in the ratings during the fall months, fall sweeps. Well, but you're also you're also trying to premiere so they can have strong lead-ins and they can have you know maybe another popular show is on and you throw with that. I, I don't know. I mean, if you do it on those off months, it just kind of becomes another run-of-the-mill show. You've got to try to make it seem like it's a popular. You know, it's it, Strong enough to stand on its own. How many how many seasons do you, do you see this actually going? I mean, it says uh, at least I you said at least if it gets past one, I'll be surprised. But I would say two, three at the most. There's no way. The, again, the premise of this show it has to last like ten years. It will not last ten years. And uh, if it lasted three full seasons, I'd be surprised. But I'm giving it I'm giving it one, two at the most. So you, you, I mean, from what you're telling me, does this story pick up from right from when Bruce Wayne's parents are murdered, or they're not, they're well, still even alive and they're not? It shows them getting murdered, so you're doing that again for like the ninth time. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what Fox yeah, is thinking. And listen, God. Watch the trailer when you get a chance, but and, and the trailer looks good, but when you know Batman, when you know his story, it just becomes a big old, big old moose turd, you know? Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we we could be surprisingly shocked, and uh, the ratings are really good, and the show is good, and you compare it to Arrow, which you know you're not giving it a shot, just like you didn't give Arrow. So, um, I, I you know I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out to be a good series. Well, the thing about Arrow is that um, you know Arrow, the concept of Arrow was a better concept than this. I, I didn't think it would be good because I didn't think it would be integrating Arrow. But the, concept, the overall concept of what the show was is better than Gotham. Imagine if they did Arrow. They called it Star City, which is what the city's supposed to be called, and he's never in it. Who cares? I mean, who's going to want to watch that? You know? Imagine right. Smallville without Clark Kent. And, you know, the, the actual story of Smallville, though, the show, was the... I was going to call him the Wayne. The Kent family. It was Jonathan and Martha as the main characters raising, a, you know, a farm and animals and livestock. That's basically... That's, that's the basic equivalent of this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all right, well, definitely, definitely see what happens. So we might as well, since we're in the entertainment world, we might as well talk about sports entertainment, sir, if you will, until Jen Lilly comes on. Um, you know, we decided a long time ago that we'd buy the WWE Network, so we bought it, and, you know, this was the first non-big pay-per-view because, you know, WrestleMania, was, it was all about WrestleMania 30 for me. And getting the network for nine ninety nine a month and getting all the content. But Extreme Rules was this past Sunday. It was in my backyard at the IZOD Center. Um, a decent pay-per-view, but um, again, 
not a pay-per-view I would have spent 50 bucks on. Um, I would I only watched it because I already had prepaid for it. What, what are your initial thoughts? What are your final thoughts on Extreme Rules in general? I thought it was good. I definitely think it's better than you, you thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought it was interesting. I thought it had some good matches. Uh, I, don't, I didn't see enough Extreme. You know, the women's match had no weapons in it. Um, right. It should have been. There should have been more of that. Maybe somebody gets busted open. Maybe you know more kendo sticks. More. You know the main event clearly had a lot of uh, extracurricular activity, a lot of extreme stuff. So that was cool. I thought that was a good match. I think the Shield um, Evolution match was probably the best match of the card, and I think most people would agree with that. Um, once they got out of the ring, it just. I mean, as Jim Ross would say, business really picked up, and it became an exciting match. And there was a lot of you know jumping off of jumping off of. That is pretty funny. 
um, considering that. Oh, total side note. Sir. I, I actually heard this online, uh, reading it online. Apparently, during the, um, I forget which match it was, but um, there was there was some talk that Sheamus actually fell asleep, sir. Uh, can you believe that? He fell asleep where? He fell asleep at the desk watching the pay-per-view. Uh, I'm gonna oh, okay. Find, I'm going I'm to see if I can find it. But, um, you know, Sheamus was on was on the panel, you know, the post, the pregame show, whatever. Yep, I'm yep. Gonna try to, I'm going to try to find out, you know, get, get the writer monkeys to look, see if I can figure out, you know, the where this was, et cetera, et cetera, you know, what Sheamus did. But I just thought that was funny. I mean, you know, fans were, were chanting at him to wake up. Um, I mean, again, I thought that the pay was better than you did. Oh, I forgot the Rusev and the Xavier Woods match. <laughs> God. Xavier didn't even get in. And our truth did get in the match, so at least he got some offense. But, I mean, what, what a waste of time that was. Three and a half minutes. We talked about the terrible gimmick that is um, that is Rusev. Now it's no longer Alexander Rusev. It's just Rusev. And apparently he's no longer being built from Bulgaria. He's being built from Russia. I said the WWE has no clue what they're doing. They just throw these guys out there, and then they start changing names. Well, we can't call him Big E Langston. Let's call him Big E. Uh, you know, we can't we can't call him, you know, Seamus O'Shaughnessy. Let's call him Seamus, although Seamus kind of works. We can't call him, you know, Wade Barrett. Let's call him Bad News Barrett. And we can't call him Alexander Rusev, you know. And we can't call him Antonio Cesaro anymore. It's got to be just Cesaro. I mean, who who thinks of this crap? <laughs> Somebody that has a lot of time in their hands, sir. More time than we have because, um, you know, for them to, to do all these things to to make the gimmicks work, which, again, we've talked about this ad nauseum, that gimmicks just don't work nowadays. This whole Rusev thing to me is a complete and utter joke. And for them to, you know, try to shove it down our throat like they did with Fandango, what's Fandango doing nowadays, sir? Pretty much nothing. I mean, I barely was awake for that match, so I don't, I don't blame Sheamus for falling asleep, even though he was at the live event. Um, and yeah, you know. I wouldn't have paid for this, and I'm, you know, we paid ten bucks, so it's not a big deal. But I, you know, it was a good pay per view, quote unquote. But I don't think it was great, and I think that we fall into a lull of, you know, now that they have all these subscribers, they don't really need to make these pay per views as good as they could be. Well, they were charging people 40, 50 bucks before, and they weren't that great. Imagine now with everyone spending 10 bucks pretty much. I mean, Dish and DirecTV have already dropped the, the pay-per-views, which is ridiculous to me. I mean, at least carry them, you know, and then you can make extra money off of the people who want to buy it. They don't have yep. the WWE Network, but I, honestly, I don't see the point, sir. I mean, they made a big deal out of the whole six-man tie between The Shield and Evolution, and Evolution scores a big win, and then the very next night on Monday Night Raw, they are yeah they lose to the, the Wyatt family, and then now they're 0-2 against the Wyatts, yet they beat the, the Evolution. So, I mean, what are you trying to, um, you know, what kind of message are you trying to convey that The Shield can basically destroy an old team like Evolution, but can't? You know, defeat a team that you know uses like psychological warfare, like the Whites. To me, I mean, the the Whites should have lost last night uh, to the Shield. If you want to really make the Shield the dominant team in the WWE, do you think that it's like in, being inconsistent and just being dumb for them to lose last night? What I would like to see, and I don't know if 
I would love to see, I know you're going to agree with me, a war game style pay-per-view match at Payback between oh, yeah. Elias, The Shield, and Evolution. How awesome would that be? I mean, I'd, I'd sign for that in a minute. And considering it's Payback, uh, you're, you're probably guaranteed a Shield versus uh, Evolution rematch at this point. But yeah, I mean, war games... I really do miss those kind of type of gimmicks that WCW used to do. Even though, looking back at it, you know, it was like, well, you know, that's a bit over the top. But um, you you really need that kind of gimmick tree. Uh, gimmick tree uh, is that even a word? I don't know. Um, once in a while, I mean, extreme extreme rules was not that extreme, other than the fact that you know Daniel Bryan used a forklift, used a table that was on fire. I, I mean, it didn't really feel like an extreme pay-per-view, even though Paul Heyman, sir, which you really loved, and I, I agree with you, Paul Heyman really just try, tried to sell you the, the pay-per-view right before the pay-per-view started. But unfortunately, um, I, I think it fell flat in terms of extreme rules. Yeah, no, definitely. I loved Paul's, uh, it was a great promo, but you're right. The pay-per-view definitely fell flat in extreme rules. I would agree. Well, because... Again, the, the two-on-one uh, two handicap match and then the women's title match had nothing extreme about that at all. So how are you going to call it extreme rules? And, you know, they're not using weapons and beating the crap out of each other the whole time. Yeah, I mean, we could definitely get back onto it. We do have our guests for tonight. So, sir, do the introductions. Let's bring on tonight's guest. Um, I mean, folks, this guest needs no introduction, but she's going to get an introduction anyway. And as a matter of fact, before we put her on, this is a, this is a little uh, promo that we like to play every once in a while. So, folks, here we go. What's up, guys? This is actress Jen Lilly telling you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio. Pure Gold brings you amazing guests, awesome interviews, and great talk radio every week. Check them out at puregoldpg.com. It's amazing, I tell you, that we were being introduced by this amazing actress, and of course, as always, over-the-top introduction, we are proud, we are privileged, we are honored, we are humbled to be joined by the one and only, the incomparable, the talented, the amazing, I can go on like this for 30 minutes and then we won't even end up interviewing her, Jen, <laughs> Miss Lily, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, how are you? <laughs> it's so I'm weird doing... to hear myself on that promo, I mean, my voice is deeper in my head, I promise. <laughs> I love I love those promos. I like to play them. Usually, we'll, like we'll break up segments with them, and sometimes I'll do like five or six in a row, and that is one of my favorites. Jen, do you believe? And you probably don't even know. Do you have any idea how long it's been since you have been on this program? Um, I would guess that it's been two years. Oh my god! <laughs> it was divine revelation. Am I you're right? Yes, you're absolutely right. In August, it would have been exactly two years since you last appeared in this program, which, which baffles me that you would be so close and spot on. Um, oh, well, I was just thinking, I think I had blonde hair, and, you know, yes. <laughs> I was playing Maxie, so, or something like totally, that. totally, totally different person <laughs> back then. I mean, I was actually going to comment on the, <laughs> I was going to comment on the whole hair thing, but, um, listen, Jen, so much to talk about. Oh, and by the way, let me just, let me just give a Jen a shout out. I know that people always say this, and uh, I just find it cliche. It's kind of like when people say, oh, I have the best wife ever, um, I have the best mom ever, I have the whatever. You know, everybody has the best everything ever. But you have amazing fans because, let me tell you, in the history of the show, and you've been on the show a couple times already, we've never gotten so many retweets from the star of, you know, the guest of honor, which would be you. You tweeted it, and then I've got, like, my whole timeline is flooded 
on Twitter with retweets, and I'm going to call in, and I want to ask Jen a question. I mean, your fans love you, Aww. so let me just uh, throw that out there, um, which, of course, is amazing because usually, you know, you see all these all the people and stuff, and uh, just, just really cool to see all that. But, Jen, again, a lot's happened in your interview, which you already talked about. But at the time, you were on General Hospital, of course, that came to an end. You're on a different soap opera, and I'm not even sure what we can discuss about this or what you can mention, but I have to at least bring that up. Tell us whatever it is that you're contractually allowed to discuss about this project that you are currently working on, which I cannot name. <laughs> what do you mean? These are alive? You're not allowed to say anything about these are alive? No. The last time when we were setting up the interview, and it, it, folks, just so you know, it took me like two years just to be able to get Jen back on because she's such a busy woman and all the back and forth. But I wasn't sure if we could even talk about that, so that's why I threw it out there. Oh, oh, okay. No, no, yeah. (laughs) Here's the thing. Um, I might not have been airing yet when we talked about days because we shoot so far ahead of time. So maybe like last time you asked me, I probably wasn't announced yet that I was on days. And so I probably was like, I can't talk about days. Um, Maybe. I mean, basically all I can really talk about is my character. Um, But but she's kind of awesome. So what do you want to (laughs) know? Well, that's it. That's great. She's awesome. Um, well, I mean, tell us, how different is it, the character you play on the show, how different is it than what you were doing on uh, on General Hospital? And, again, you, you know, you're talking about two of, like, the greatest, most well-known, long-running soap operas of all time, and you obviously yeah. play characters in both of them. I mean, you know, tell us a bit about the differences. Well, I mean, Trace is different than any character I've ever played, ever. Um Maxie was great, you know, but what's what's something that's really nice about Teresa is that I'm originating the role. Um, So in some form, I get to make it my own. Um, But, you know, Teresa's very different from any character I've ever played. Obviously, she's a brunette, which is kind of still strange for me. I still think I'm a blonde. Like when people are talking, I'll be like, oh, yeah, blonde hair like mine. And then they look at me all crooked, and I'm like, oh, yeah, still really weird for me to be a brunette. Um, but, you know, she, she, you know, Teresa is evil and she's destructive and she's vindictive and she's very promiscuous. And it was an interesting role for me. Is, Go ahead. Is this like, um, is this like a, you know, like you in real life or is this like a total, like, 180? Oh, yeah. You know, when I look in the mirror, I definitely see Teresa Donovan staring back. Um, no, I mean, really, I couldn't... <laughs> The only thing that that we have in common is, you know, if Teresa were an actual person, we would be created by God, so, and loved by God, so, (laughs) you know, um, no, we're very different, I mean, you know, um, it was an interesting role for me to decide to do, I, I didn't know if, if I could really justify playing this character, but it's, it's been an adventure, and I, I'm really loving my job, and, I feel really blessed to to be able to portray her. Would you say that uh Jen, would you say that the um the um not the auditions but the actual mm-hmm. rehearsals and the um live shootings of uh, a soap opera is different than doing a movie in that you don't do that many retakes? You know, it's different than any other medium. Um you know, there are a lot of actually I hear from casting quite often that there will be a lot of prime-time movie actors that will say, um, 
you know, hey, like, I'd love to do a guest star, and they can't hack it. Um, it right. is, you know, it's grueling. Our schedules are insane. Um, you know, we shoot 72 scenes a day. We, we shoot anywhere from 120 to 200 pages a day. Um, a normal TV show will shoot about six. Uh, a normal film, even if it's an hour-long show, we'll shoot about six. Uh, a normal film will shoot anywhere from six to maybe 15, depending on if it's an indie. Um, I mean, in general, obviously there's always exceptions to the rule, but that's kind of the general consensus of other sets. So it's insane. Um, but, you know, days is really fun. I, I really like working there. So that makes it all better. <laughs> but, yeah, it's crazy. It's intense. I'm sure. It's definitely, definitely a plus, and I just think it's funny that, um, you're, you you know, you being the Christian you are, of course, which is why I was joking about the whole, your, the character you play, but you always make yeah. interesting comments, and I just love that you would say, yeah, it's just a blessing to play such a dirtbag character on TV. So that's always kind of, that's yeah. always kind of fascinating. Well, here, like, you're, well, here's why it's a blessing. Here's why it's a blessing. Let's talk about it since you brought it up. Um you know, I think on the surface from a human perspective, it's really hard to see anything redemptive about Teresa. But I really think there's a poetic mystery about her because, you know, she's exactly the type of person that God loves and sent Christ to redeem. And so when I was first, you know, approached about playing her and about auditioning, I was praying about it because I was like, there's no way this could be you, Lord. And, and you know, um, John chapter 10 talks about, like, my sheep know my voice. And he's like, yeah, this is your role. And I was like, what? Do you mean? So I didn't question whether or not it was him. I questioned why, because it, it just doesn't seem like a role that God would want you to play as a Christian. So right. I, I started questioning why. Not if this is you, Lord, but why is this you? And right. I basically just started praying about it, because I recognized that in my finite wisdom, you know, God has bigger plans than me, and he has a greater purpose for where he's leading me. And so... I'm like, why is this role? Why is this role you, dude? And um, basically, he said to me um, that, you know, someone has to play this role. And it's better that it's a Christian with a heart for others um, and for this character than a non-Christian who might portray um, her actions and make her, her lies look like, you know, it's completely okay and something that's without consequence. So I really don't know how another actress would play Teresa, but I know that it's my responsibility to play her with some sort of vulnerability and with some sort of emptiness because I really believe that every person that's ever created and ever will be created has a desire to know why he or she is on this earth, you know, and has a desire to connect with God, and Teresa is no different. Um, you know, I think we've heard of the, the term, like, we have a God-shaped hole in our souls, and, and we try to fill that hole with, drugs and in Teresa's case, drugs and sex and, uh, you know, manipulation. And at the end of the day, she's just blessed unsatisfied. So I like being able to portray the emptiness, um, you know, in her. And I like, I like that she's redemptive. And I think that it gives me a unique opportunity to speak to girls out there that are like Teresa and say, you know what, like, you are loved. You know, God, like, Teresa's a fictional character, but there are certainly girls out there like Teresa, and they're exactly the kind of girls, you know, Christ came to die for in Romans 5. It says, like, he, he died for us when we were yet sinners. You know, we were still sinners. Um, and then to get off my soapbox. But the last thing I'll say is that, you know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Ephesians 3.18. 
And Paul's talking to the church of Ephesus, and he says, I pray together with all the saints that you would be able to understand how wide and long and high and deep Christ's love is. And I personally, as Jim Lilly, believe that Christ's love is wide enough to cover every offense. It's long enough to last forever. It's high enough to reach heaven, and it's deep enough to heal all of our wounds. So I just love that, and I just love playing Teresa because I just think she's such a fascinating character. And I think when she realizes that she actually does have love in her life, she's going to, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. And I can't wait to play that moment whenever it comes. Interesting to me that you, my friend, are a very fascinating character because, you know, you again, you've been on the show a couple of times already, and it's it's funny because uh, one of you know again we do a lot of uh, we have a lot of Christians on the show whether you know we've had non Christians of course, but a lot of them have been on the show a lot of programs and whatnot you know different things whether it's Miss USA or whatever the case is, and the last time we had one of our you know Christian repeat guests, she did something similar to what you did, and of course I would never say this uh, in, in a joking manner, but, you know, this, like, preaching was just brought to you by Jen Lilly. That's exactly what our other guest did, and no- normally she she was a little bit more reserved on it, and, you know, we've talked about God, of course, on this show with you, but you, this is the first time you ever, you know, kind of really got into um, just, again, quoting scriptures and stuff, and I find that fascinating because, you know, again, you're playing this character who is, you just went up, you know, went on about um, why you like it, why you find it interesting, you know, why you, you get into it, and, you, of course, you've also done a lot of other things, too, that are, you know, Christ-based. And the reason, again, we've been trying to get you on for a while, but the reason I specifically, like, you know, this worked out so well is because, of course, I have Netflix. I watch Netflix all the time, and I've come across quite a few things that you've done on Netflix. Um, the first one, of course, was the Book of Esther. And uh, when I saw that, I'm, I'm such a nerd. I'm, like, the biggest loser ever because <laughs> I Don't people, say that. Don't say that. Oh, it's so true because when I'm sitting, you know, in my room or whatever, my wife and I watch it, when I see somebody that has been on my program, I literally start yelling, oh, my gosh, look who it is. You know, she was on my show. My wife is like, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, what are you doing? And I saw you in the Book of Esther. I said, Chen Lily, you know, she was on my program. So, of course, I watched it. Um, and having already watched One Night with the King, I saw, you know, it's interesting that they would kind of, you know, do the same type of film, at, at least in terms of the main character, done completely right. Um And I thought it was interesting because I felt like in, in your version of it, you as Esther, or the character of Esther from the Bible, was more the central theme, or, you know, it was more about you um, versus one mm. the king, where it was kind of more about um, the whole process of becoming, you know, queen and getting chosen and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Both good movies in their own right, but of course I have to favor yours because you know, I know you, quote-unquote, but I just thought it was a different yeah. thing, I thought it was interesting, and you've done a couple of things with your flicks, but I just want to start out with that first. Uh, what was that like? Oh, my gosh. It was amazing to play Esther because um, for anyone who's listening who's not familiar, she is a woman from history. Um, she was a Jewish girl, a young Jewish girl, who actually in history went undercover um, and ruled the Persian Empire, and she was completely um, unqualified, according to man's standards, to do so. And um, anyway, and basically she she saved the Jewish nation from a Holocaust um, thousands of years ago. And so 
you know, there's a the Book of Esther is in the Bible, and it's one of the few. She's one of the few women characters in the Bible um, that's really discussed in depth. And so I'm super familiar with her as far as we can be um, thousands of years later. And it was really humbling to play her. You know, it was frustrating as well because there's such little research um, on that time period, and so. It's not like I'm playing an Elizabethan queen or something where I could say, okay, well, there's got to be books about how they stood and how their posture was and, you know, what, like, um, manner prototype was and, you know, what's protocol and is what I mean to say. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot I could study. And so basically I just prayed. I was like, God, obviously you know Esther and you created her, and I just pray that you would just give me her spirit, you know what I mean? Not her spirit, like in a creepy ghost possession way for anybody that's listening, but you know what I mean? Like, so how somebody will say like, you have a sweet spirit or you have a sweet disposition. I was like, just make me like her because I don't know where to go from here. Um, right. so it was an honor player in short, but it was also a little frustrating. Cause I was like, I have no idea what to do. So hopefully I'm not like dishonoring, you know, who she was <laughs> somehow. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but you also done Jen uh, work with uh, Pure Flicks, which is interesting because we're pure gold, and even two mm-hmm. Revolution Road movies. Tell us, uh, yeah. tell your fans about those two projects. Those were interesting. Um, pure Flicks has been really good to me. They, I mean, even with Esther, they just they have a tendency to cast me outside of my normal casting. Um, typecast I guess like I've never done an action film and they're like okay well why not it's like well because I mean that's not really like normally what I play and they're like okay you want to be in one you know and so that was really fun it's uh that's an action film and and with Esther I mean it was like hey do you do you want to dye your hair black and get a tan like no one ever asks like a white albino toe-headed actress <laughs> she wants to dye her hair black and get a tan uh, right. you know so but the um, revelation roads they were fun you know what i mean they're action films and and they're obviously about um revelation and and kind of the end of the world and you know um so it was, it was interesting you know it was something i hadn't done before and um, I think overall they're pretty well done and or they're well written and you know they they put out a good product so I like working with them I would work with them again. Very cool. Um, and again uh, that movie actually the two of them I came across because my wife was was watching it and and again I saw you I wasn't even watching the movie and I was like that's Jen Lily again I know her and then I went back and I started looking up and I saw you were in that one you're in the second one I just think it's cool because um, pure, you know we have like an interesting relationship with Pure Flix where, where they've actually sent movies right. to us. Well, really, to me, because Joe, Joe's a heathen. You need to pray for him because he definitely needs Jesus. But, uh, <laughs> hey, anyway, they probably love him, too. <laughs> <laughs> they've, movies, they've sent movies to me, and I've been able to screen them and watch them. We've gotten other actresses and, and you know, people from the Pure Flix family. Um, I'm trying to get, at some point, David A.R. White, who was, like, the king of Christian film. I'd like to get him yeah. on the show. But, um, you know, it's just interesting. Now, do you have any other um, faith-based projects that you're working on? And, and again... Uh, there's that question, and the second question, the follow-up to that, mm-hmm. would be how are those different from working on, you know, your regular, uh, I guess secular would be the best word, but non-Christian programming like your um, your TV show versus yeah, working on strictly faith-based, faith-based stuff? Um, well, I'm not working on anything else other than days as far as acting right now just because days right. is a really rigorous schedule. I'm allowed to. 
But um, having a project come up that fits your typecast, um, you know, that would be looking for a girl in her 20s, um, it, shooting on the week that you have off is, is very it's like winning the lottery. So I'm not working on anything specifically as far as like another acting project goes this week. This is my week off. Um, but right. I hope to in the future. Now, as far as, I mean, not even I hope to, I will work on those in the future. No problem. Um, I'm allowed to do that. So, um, as far as how they're different, you know, they're not that different. They're, uh, you know, Christian projects tend to be a little more independent, um, as far as like financing and all of that. Um, Right. And, you know, your meals will be, well, on days we don't have catering, but most shows and films have, like, a ridiculously awesome catering, and I gain, like, 15 pounds by the end of it. But um, on Christian films, you know, the catering is generally, like, homemade. You know what I mean? Like, it's somebody's, like, wives that come in and make it, which is adorable. And, um, you know, whether or not everyone on the cast and crew is Christian or not, it's still a very um, loving and gentle environment overall. So that's not always the case with um, non-Christian products. Uh, But at the same time, you know, they're all professional. It's just, I guess, the difference, you know, one, you might pray at the beginning of the day, and (laughs) the other, I'm praying alone in my dressing room (laughs) at the beginning of the day, (laughs) you know. No. Well, you know, of course, that, that's, you know, you're in the world to be a witness and everything, of course. Now, I have to ask you this question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold, Lisa. We're going to get to her. But this is actually a question okay. from Becca C., who uh, on Twitter, she followed me today, and she was, like, just excited, and I'm sure she's listening right now, just to be able to, you know, uh, ask you this question. Now, she wants to know, what is the hardest part? And I, you may have covered this already, but I at least have to ask her. What's the hardest part about working on a daytime soap opera? Just the schedule. The schedule is insane. Um, you know, memorizing, ha- having to memorize so much information every night is very difficult. Um, I was talking yesterday about <laughs> to somebody. I was like, you know, I went to UVA and not to be a snob, but, you know, I got a really solid education there, obviously, and um, worked really hard. thought I was going to do something much more um, – I don't know, (laughs) impactful in acting, I guess. Um, And I've forgotten everything. It seems everything, I I remember my lines from General Hospital. I no longer remember my, you know, I don't know that I could name all 50 states without singing the 50 Nifty song. You know what I mean? (laughs) My schooling has gone out the window, and that's unfortunate. So overall, I would say memorizing is really tricky. And just the, the amount of, time it, it demands is very hard like getting and, and I'm not to complain because I love my job and you know when I do want to complain because we all have like a complaint in our spirit sometimes you know I'll just have to stop myself and be like you have a dream job Jen if you can't get other things done like you still have to be thankful that you have this job and I do love it right, but right. it does make like grocery shopping and even like getting laundry done on time and stuff becomes very difficult but I like it <laughs> it's just the schedule's crazy yeah no, definitely. I, I, I hope that's I not, like, negative. I'm not trying to be negative, but... No, no, definitely not. I mean, probably more positive than what most people would answer that question. Now, we have a caller on the line. Her name is Lisa. She's calling in from Long Island, and uh, she's a big fan of yours. So we got to put her awesome. on the air just so she can have the opportunity. So, uh, Lisa, you are alive and on the air with Pure Gold and your favorite actress of all time, Jen Lilly. <laughs> Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Lisa? Good, good. You know which Lisa this is? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. 
<laughs> I just wanted to congratulate you on all your great success. <clears throat> Thank you. And um, I also wanted to um, just ask you, would you ever consider, like, you know, after the soaps and all that, um, doing a sitcom because you just, you know, Oh, you that's my dream. I could always make me laugh on Twitter and I always Thank you, you so know, much. Um, yeah, sitcoms were what I did before soaps. Um, when I booked a soap, I didn't even know that I really did drama. Um, I still laugh about it pretty much on a daily basis. I, (laughs) I I don't understand how I became this like soap star because I didn't know that I did drama really. Um, and I, I, I've done, you know, I've booked six pilots that have never gone and I pilots being like every year there's a bunch of shows that are produced and you know out of a hundred maybe ten will get picked up on different networks so I've shot you know in the 90 that don't get picked up I've shot six so hopefully I will do comedies one day I would love to be able to um, you know balance soaps and sitcoms at the same time Um, Mm. I don't know if I'm as talented as Ali Sweeney that I can, you know, balance both, but I would love to. Yes, I would love to do sitcoms. I I think you can. (laughs) I think you could do it, definitely. Um, (laughs) I just also wanted to say, I mean, I know, you know, when you played Nasty, I guess you you know, I guess your character now is a little, it's more dramatic, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. Right, you're a little more serious. So I guess, you know, you, you were able to play a little bit, you know, be a little funny with Maxie because that's the kind of character, you know, she is kind of. Yeah. Like that. You know? so, yeah. But, um, but also, excuse me, my allergies are so bad. I apologize. That's I okay. I have allergies off. today, too. Oh, it's just in yes, the spring, so huh? Oh, it's awful. Everything's moving here now in, in New York, and it's like ugh, pollen everywhere. But anyway... <laughs> Um, I also just wanted to thank you for being so sweet to the fans because you always take the time out just to, you know, you're like really the only, the only one that literally takes the time out to favorite and read the tweets. And, you know, I appreciate that. I really do because you just seem so down to earth and just such a sweet, sweet person. You really do. Thank you so much. Well, I I do really appreciate you guys tweeting me because, you know, I think we all, all of us, are busy and all of us only have 24 hours in a day. So I really appreciate when people take time out of their day to tweet me. So least I can do is at least favorite it and let people know I read them. You're a doll. You really are. You're such a sweetheart and keep up the good work. Thank you, Lisa. Continued success. (laughs) Awesome. You too. And um, hopefully I'll see you when I come to New York in August. That would be awesome. Are you coming to Long Island? I am. You are. I'm, I'm okay. doing um, Uncle Vinny's and Uncle Vinny's. Uh, wait, Uncle Vinny's is New York, but I'm doing the other one. What's the one in? I'm doing, you know, the whole, the yes, whole yes. thing. <laughs> I know Uncle Vinny's is in New Jersey. Um, the one in, you know, I'm uh, doing the Linda Rowe thing. So, <laughs> okay. all right. I think it's I think it's Governor's. I'm, I'm not sure, but just uh, if it's on, is it on your website? <clears throat> It is on my website, yes, under right, tour. Because I definitely, I can't miss that one. I mean, this is like kind of in my backyard, so. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm so fun. Check it out, and hopefully I'll get to meet you in the summer. I hope so. This will be me and Eric Martzoff, so it should be a good time. All right. Thanks for taking my call, Jen. You have a good night. No thank problem. you, too, Lisa. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. There's one and only Lisa calling in from Long Island. Um, not a very thick Long Island accent, which 
does surprise me because usually our New York friends, uh, which is you know right across the river from us, tend to be very recognizable. Maybe it was the allergies, and of course that last segment was brought to you by Zertech. But um, you know it's funny, you Dan, what, she brought up some really good points about you, and, and one of the things that I love about you, and I was telling Joe this, you know, in between you know you and Lisa um, talking, it's the fact that you are. You know, you do favor, you do retweet, and a lot of celebrities don't. You know, a lot of celebrities, and you're probably um, one of the only, like, quote-unquote, like, actual celebrities that I follow on Twitter. I, I tend to find celebrities extremely boring. I tend to find their <laughs> timelines, you know, just just totally nonsensical. They don't come across like regular people, you know. I mean, if you're a fan of the Rock, I, you, you, I, hate, I hate celebrity accounts. Like, again, if you're, if you're a fan of, like, The Rock, the Rock is tweeting all his muscles and, you know, stupid stuff. Yeah, but yeah, most yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I just think it's no, horrible. No, I just, I know, I do. I just, I'm laughing because basically last, last night, I, every once in a while, um, I teach a business of acting class for free because I love actors and, you know, I moved out here from Roanoke, Virginia, thinking I was going to be, a, you know, I knew to move out here I was going to be an actress, but originally I thought I was going to be a kindergarten teacher or something, you know, and so I I laugh because I never think I'm a celebrity, but I was telling these these actors last night, you know, I'm, oh, my point was that, like, I'm from Virginia, so I didn't know anybody when I moved out here. You know, I tell them, I'm like, I didn't have, like, a cousin's uncle's brother's two neighbors down who had a stepson who got divorced and then was good friends with another person. I did no contacts when I moved out here. So I always teach these classes. And I told them, I'm like, the only thing I ask like payment wise is that people will follow me on Twitter. And I was like, and my disclosure is, is that like, I don't actually, there's a lot of actresses and actors that I really admire, but I don't necessarily follow them on Twitter because they're narcissists and I can't stand it. And I was like, my tweets are funny. I promise. <laughs> just follow me on Twitter. You're so I do agree funny. with you completely because it's annoying. It's just obnoxious. It's like, that's great. Um, you know, not that I don't post selfies every once in a while, but I don't live for them, and I feel awkward doing it. And generally, I'm, it's a weird photo if I'm posting a selfie. Well, well that's what that's <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. You'll, sometimes you'll tweet, you know, something funny your sister said or, you know, a dumb picture of you, too, and you, you come across as very much a regular person, you know, which is, again, Good. rare. And I know you said you don't necessarily consider yourself a celebrity, but, you know, compared to, compared to guys like, you know, she loves like Joe and I, you're definitely, like, you know, a legit celebrity um and you know we we have another question we'd like to ask but before we do we have another caller who'd like to talk to you her name is kirsten and she mentioned her twitter handle but i wasn't going to introduce her as her twitter handle so uh kirsten you are live and on the air with jen lily hi jen hey (laughs) how are you i'm good how are you good that's good um I love the day up with you and Meredith. Oh, thank you. I love Meredith. She's You're super welcome. funny. She's so nice, Definitely. too. Yes, she is. What? Um, yes, she is. Oh, well, we appreciate it. <laughs> we love all of our fans, and I know I can speak for Meredith because she's awesome. Um, Definitely. How's your night going? Um, good. Good. Um, are you and Meredith going to any fan events together? We are hoping to. We keep trying to organize it, but believe it or not, um, I, I look at my calendar and it seems almost every weekend until Christmas is booked already. And so okay. we're always trying to coordinate our schedules and hopefully we will do a fan event together because trust me, it would be Very cool. <laughs> ridiculously hilarious. Lots of fun. <laughs> yeah, lots of fun. 
<laughs> well, uh, you know, Kristen, we really appreciate you calling in. Um, you know, it's it's a pleasure always to hear from. Uh, I'm sure Jen would agree to hear from her fans and whatnot. So Thank you know, you. make sure you you continue if you want to uh, you know check us out. But definitely keep uh, you know tweeting Jen because she's definitely okay, awesome you. like that. Um, yeah. You have a wonderful. Um, yeah, my Twitter. Um, thank you. My Twitter is um, cupcake underscore days. Oh, awesome! I just looked at your account today. Really because cool. you tweeted me, and I looked at your page because I was like huge Meredith Scott Lynn and John Lilly fan. I was like, who is this girl? That's um, amazing. Really cool. <laughs> That's really nice. Cool. Well, thank you. I'll talk to you welcome, and Thank you sure. for being ready, my treat. You're so welcome. Bye, girl. It's nice talking to you. Nice talking to you, too. That's a perfect example of people who love you because of how you are. And the fact that you remembered her Twitter handle is awesome because, you know, most celebrities, I mean, if The Rock was on the show. No, I, like, literally went to it this afternoon because I was like, I don't recognize, you know, I try to recognize, I'm not really good with names, but I try to really remember all the fans that tweet me, and I was like, I don't remember, like, this girl, and I was, like, going to go to her profile, and she said she was a huge Meredith fan and John Lilly fan, and I was like, oh, gosh, she's probably been tweeting me for a couple of days, but I haven't been on as much. Um, so that's amazing. <laughs> anyway. No, definitely, definitely is amazing. And, uh, you know, of course, we, we do appreciate your time here, Jen, but there's uh, – I know Joe has a question that he'd like to ask you because, you know, we, we don't want to keep you any longer than we need to. So, uh, Mr. Mr. Pacino, if you would. Yeah, Jen, I mean, you, you've been mentioning Twitter the last couple of minutes, and um, something that uh, I that caught my attention uh, about is that you're involved in a charity called uh, Child Help. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, Child Help is awesome. They're, um, you know, they've been around for almost 60 years, and basically they are the leading anti-child abuse charity in the United States, and um, they're super legit, over 90 cents of every dollar, so every um, goes toward the cause, which is, you know, people have to understand that's pretty amazing. Um, uh, there was a study done, and it said anything over 89%. I can't remember who conducted it, but basically it might have been like the IRS or something. But it was, you know, any charity that gives over 89 cents of every dollar toward the cause is pretty, is commendable. And the founders have been nominated for four Nobel Peace, five Nobel Peace Prizes each. They just got nominated again this year. And um, they basically work with the most severely abused children in the United States. Um, five children die, at, well, five reported children, God knows how many in actuality, die every day as a result of severe child abuse in our country. And um, they work with social services and the government in order to get these children out of the homes they work with legal teams, and they, each child has a therapist, and they do art therapy and animal therapy and one-on-one therapy, and they do five different forms of therapy. They, they have them live in, they call them villages, and it's an incredible charity. Above every door at their, on their villages and in their facilities, it says, every child who enters here will find love. Um, and they're just they're remarkable the founders are they're in their 80s and they're still going strong it's pretty amazing and um i mean they've been around for 60 years and they have a flawless track record so i am actually planning my 30th birthday party um that will benefit child health so i'm excited about that and i never celebrate my birthday so i was like oh gosh okay i like have to do something because somebody put that i was 29 on the internet and i about died I used to say that I was 25, and I just, like, let it run, right? Because I used to still play teenage roles until I was on soaps. Right, but anyway, right. the news is out. I'm 29, and I'll be 30 in August. 
You know, honestly, well, um, yeah. I didn't think you were, and I, I'm going to be 33 uh, soon, which, you know, I know I, I, don't, I definitely don't look my age or I don't, I don't feel my age, but um, I didn't know you were, you were 29. Honestly, I thought you were like 25 because I thought you had mentioned it or it had come up or I had seen it somewhere. So when you said something about celebrating your, uh, your 30s, so I was like, wow, you know, I mean, I, I didn't think that you were, you were, you know, that was your age. I'm not going to say all because, again, I'm older than you are, but um, I, think it's, uh, I think it's cool because with me, I'm, you know, I'm very childlike and I love to make a huge deal on my birthday every year. Um, and somehow, like, my mom and, you know, my wife, they'll throw surprise birthday parties for me, and even though I know they're going to happen, I'm always surprised because they always kind of, like, you know, come out of nowhere. But, um... I just think it's cool that you, you know, you're involved in so many different things. And, of course, you know, you mentioned Child Help, which, again, you changed your your um, profile picture to that about, you know, donating on, you know, today, May 6th. Oh, that, and, the uh, one for today is actually for Innocent Justice Foundation, which is a similar charity, oh, okay. but that's anti-child oh, pornography, that. which is horrifying you're, you're super, and that happens in our country yeah, no, a lot. That, that's, that's, that's beyond demented, but I mean, look, another challenge, yeah. which I, I, again, I didn't even know. So I think that's pretty cool that yeah. you know, you're involved <laughs> in so many you. different things. And then you also take time to talk to your fans. And I mean, your fans, again, your fans clearly love you. And um, I think every time you've been on, we've had different people call in to talk to you. So it's really cool that, um, you know, again, don't ever, I know you won't, but just, you know, don't ever lose that because again, that's what endears people, people to you. And that's what, in, you know, as an actor, as an actress, that's what people find fascinating because, honestly, most people, and I, I've never been one of those, like, oh, my gosh, you know, if I saw, I can't think of a famous actress, but if I saw Julia Roberts or if I saw, I don't know, Mariah Carey, you know, a big singer or whatever, I, I don't get starstruck by people, you know, and I just, I just, to me, they're normal people just like me. They just make right. a lot more money than I do. But fans <laughs> right. are always, if, you know, fans are, like, really, uh, just sometimes they go crazy. Sometimes they're, like, they, you know, they're in love with these celebrities and you see all these crazy stories, but... Um, I think it's cool that people can relate to you and, you know, you can, you, you care enough about fans to say, hey, listen, I favorited this, or I retweeted this, or I, um, you know, just the fact that you're willing to, to come on the show, you know, we always appreciate having you on because, you. again, you are a celebrity and uh, we clearly are not for some, you know, strange reason. I'm still trying to figure that out. But you are, um, you know, one of my favorite guests, and again, you've, this is the third time you've been on the program, and, you know, just so many different things, and so many things you're up to, and, I mean, every time you're on here, something new, something different, your hair's different, you know, uh, you're, <laughs> you're playing a different character, you've done new movies, and I, just one last question I've got to ask you. The Dark Knight sure. Retires, I saw something on your IMDb about that. What, oh, yeah. what is that? Um, it's a comedy, so it's a spoof um, <laughs> about Batman retiring and <laughs> how, like, everything goes out of whack because of it. And um, it's my one of my friends, Hunter Davis. He's an amazing actor. Um, he's kind of actually, like, <laughs> we met probably the first month I moved out here in 2007, summer of 2007. We did this horrible play together in Hollywood because um, it was the writer's <laughs> strike, and so nobody could work. So. I was like, well, crap, I'll just do a play, and I'm stage fright. So we did um, SNL, and it was like reenactments of SNL. And so we kind of stayed in touch. And anyway, Hunter is like a YouTube sensation because he can do, like if anybody's listening and they've seen him, he's the dude that does like the perfect Gandalf impersonation on YouTube. It's uncanny. And anyway, so we've kind of stayed in touch because I have a habit of staying in touch with people. And um, he basically was like, I need a girl that can do – 
that can cry on cue, but like can do a really dramatic scene, but like knows it's a comedy and can make it hilarious even though she's crying. And you're the only person I thought of. And I was like, well, that's super flattering. So I was like, sure, what do you need me to do? And he was like, I need you to be, be this like really stupid girl that's like walking down an alley that just gets like robbed by this mugger a couple times. And it's on YouTube and it is super funny. I mean, it's, it's super funny, actually. I mean, not to like toot my own horn, but. I am good at comedy. I don't know that I'm good at drama, but I am good at comedy. And it's it's really funny. I laugh every time because, I don't know, it's weird. I don't feel like I'm watching myself. So I play like a bimbo, and she gets robbed twice in the same alley by the same mugger. And Anyway, it's a spoof it's, on Batman. I'm, I'm looking it up now. Um, is it one thing or is it a bunch of episodes? <laughs> you or? should. Um, yeah, okay, let me let me look it up, too. I'll look it up. I'm at my computer. Um <laughs> It is called, okay, so let's look it up together. Let's race. Okay, it's called Batman Retires, right? Oh, golly. Batman or The Dark Knight Retires? Oh, wait, The Dark Knight Retires. Oh, my gosh, I'm so horrible. This is what (laughs) happens when you, you know, are on soaps. You forget everything. It's like a test. I'm like, that was like three years ago. I forget. Um, Okay, you can actually just go to the website, which is T. TDKRetires.com, or if you Google it, it pops up, and I am in the first and second episode, so I beat you. I think I'm already on it. Well, no, I, I've been on it for like five minutes. That's why I was asking. Oh, you okay. Then never mind. My race is pointless. Okay, so then you see me like right at 18 seconds. That's me with the blonde hair and the yellow coat. All right. I definitely have going... to. I have to watch this because. Um... You know, I've got to see what Jen Lilly has been up to, you know, other than everything else in your career. But listen, Jen, it's really, it's it's such a pleasure to have you on. And, um, you know, honestly, um, I, I, I'm just thinking right now, I should just fire Joe. He needs to go. You could just replace him and we could do the show. And we also, <laughs> we'll get a, we'll just spend like, like an hour of people calling in and telling you how amazing you are and just love it. And I'll just, you know, I'll no. just in the back. And I'll just introduce everybody, and that's, that'll be it. It'll be like the greatest show ever, you know. It'll be uh, it'll be pure pure Jen Lily. We'll call it. We'll just change the name of the show, and it'll be great. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, you're awesome to every caller. Great, sounds like a plan. And, and that'll be it. And then we'll cancel the show after like three weeks because that's all it is is just you loving on the fans. But again, such a pleasure. You know, you really are a remarkable person, and I hope you know. Again, just pray that you have all the success in the world and. You make millions, and then you, you know, hire me as, like, an assistant or something, you know, just something in that range where, uh, you know, this can, like, get rid of your gold and, and just help you out, be more famous. But, um, again, a pleasure. Hopefully we can have you on again in the future, and it won't be two years before the next time we, you know, we talk to you. Awesome. Same. Um, <laughs> I love that we didn't think we could talk about days. You were like, that show, I can't say that you're on. I was like, I'm very confused. Um, all right, well, I'll talk to you guys soon. We'll definitely talk on Twitter. Have a blessed week. Joe, you're awesome. Don't let him tell you otherwise. <laughs> well, Joe, actually, he has a, he has a promotion. He, he had a gag order, right? For his job. Yeah, he yeah, left. So he had to he, go, and I fired him, so we, he won't be on here anymore. Yeah. But, uh, thank, <laughs> I'll, make sure to, I'll make sure to tell him that you gave him some words of encouragement. That would mean a lot to him as he's, you know, looking for a new job. Sounds perfect. All right. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Have a great night. Folks, too, that was the one and only, the hilarious, incomparable, the un... You know what? I'm going to play this again. This is actress Jen Lilly telling you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio. 
Pure Gold brings you amazing guests, awesome interviews, and great talk radio every week. Check them out at puregoldpg.com. Exactly, folks. You need to check us out. Um, tune in next week, same time, 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, of course. Check us out at our website, puregoldpg.com. Got to give amazing thanks to Generally. She pretty much took over the entire show, and we had her on forever. Um, it's just a pleasure, as always. And, again, like I said before, much success to her in any, all of her future endeavors. Again, thank you for tuning in, all the people who called in, Lisa, Kirsten, just uh, check Jen Lily out at Jen underscore Lily on Twitter. She's great with getting back to people. As you heard over the course of this interview, just an amazing person. Folks, have a wonderful evening, and we will talk to you soon. And before we go, as always, we have to play this uh, this little clip of ours, and I think I need to have Jen uh, record something for them. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure gold. You guys are awesome. Good night, everyone.